beautiful. Our reading this morning is on the temptation of Jesus. The first reading is from Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly the angels came and waited on him. From Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. Scripture has been read, interpreted beautifully by music. Let us be together in a moment of prayer. God, we pray that the spirit that is in this place may now rest upon me. Help me take my words that are partial and incomplete and sanctify them in your love and help us to hear the good news of the gospel. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So this is basically a three-point sermon on engagement. Number one point, engagement matters. The second point is that engagement happens when we see each other as we really are. And thirdly, the question about how. How do we encourage one another? And finally, that encouragement is a gift from God. So can you think of a time in your life when you felt encouraged and supported? Maybe you were lying on a gurney waiting to go into surgery, or maybe you were walking into a final exam, or perhaps you were going into a job interview, and somebody said, you got this. And it was the simplest thing. It was a smile, it was a wave, it was a high five, it was a fist bump, but it was somebody encouraging you at a moment when you needed it the most. 
I remember when we were little and we'd be going off to school, my brothers and I and our dad would take us to school and I'd have my hand on the door handle of the car, gathering my books, ready to get out of the car and dad, instead of saying, oh, have a great day and we'll see you later, he would say in his preacher voice as if we were a boxer going into the ring, okay boys, rock 'em, sock 'em." <laughs> How important it is to be encouraged and supported in our lives. When we are encouraged, we feel that we are seen, that somebody sees us, the best in us. They see us as smart and funny and beautiful and kind and wonderful. They see in us the athlete, the rock star, the brainiac. Sometimes even when we can't see it ourselves, they see it in us. I remember at one point in my life, somebody said, I see in you the gifts for ministry. And look, without that, I may not be here today standing in a robe and talking to you. So much of encouragement is feeling that we are seen. So we think about those moments in our lives when we felt encouraged and supported. So why is it, my friends, If being encouraged and supported and receiving that is so important to us, why is it that we don't give it more freely? Well, my suspicion is is that because we live in a society and in a culture where we're taught that we are self-sufficient. We can take care of ourselves by ourselves. We are called to be self-made persons. We don't need one another to be encouraged. We can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, thank you. It's rugged individualism, the lone cowboy. And yet, it's a lie. It's not true. What we've been through this last couple years of the pandemic, when many of us have been so isolated, have been so needing to be encouraged and supported by one another, but have been alone, and it's having a terrible effect on many people's mental health. And I think especially this morning of our teenagers and our young people and what they are going through, if there's one group that needs encouragement and support more than any other, it is our youth. Our youth who are living in a media-saturated culture where where the message they should be getting is you are beautiful, you are smart, and you've got great gifts. But instead, the message that they're getting from social media, whether implicit or explicit, is a message that, you know what? You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough. You're not smart enough. You're not feminine enough. You're not masculine enough. You're not straight enough. You're not white enough. These messages that are so hurtful to our young people. I don't know if some of you have seen the latest survey that came out for the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, surveying high school students, and especially alarming as what is happening to our teenage girls and what this, this, excuse me, this survey has found is that one and three girls have considered taking their lives. It's a 60% rise in this last 10 years. 
This is another statistic that just alarms me. Six in 10 teenage girls have said that they persistently feel sad and hopeless. 60% say they feel sad and hopeless and have stopped being involved in activities. A quarter have suicide plans. This is alarming. And even more so alarming for our young people that are struggling their identity about who they are, our LGBTQ friends, our trans friends, who may feel themselves to be square pegs in a round hole, who feel outside the normal heterosexual paradigm, and the negative messages are deadly. Among the LGBTQ students, one in four reported an attempt to take their life. One in four. Which is why I am so enraged about the legislation that's being pushed in Topeka of our state legislators that are so hurtful to our young people in our trans community. And I hope the governor, Laura Kelly, is as enraged as I am and takes her red pen and vetoes all of it because it's not supporting our young people. It's not encouraging them. It's not giving them the strength and the love that they need right now. When I think about what our young people are struggling with, I think about Jesus in the wilderness alone. As Jesus struggled with his inner demons, so are young people and many of us struggling with our own inner demons in our lives. The wilderness, you see, my friends, is not just a physical place. It's a spiritual space. It's a place where we feel unglued. It's a place we feel dislocated. It's a place where we feel we're not connected, disoriented, and unhinged. A place where we lose our bearings. A place where we don't know what's up and what's down and what's right and what's wrong and furthermore we may not even know who we really are. We cannot survive in a wilderness place for a long period of time. Even Jesus in the wilderness had an angel come and minister him, gave him strength and courage, encouraged him along the way and I wonder who is encouraging our young people today when they're in the wilderness time of their lives. Well, friends, that's the hard news. But I've come to share with you good news. The good news of the gospel is that God is with us all the time. And God is the one who says in the gospel of John, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter, the fourth verse, abide in me as I abide in you. If you know that God abides in you, you have strength and courage and feel encouraged. Friends, what's so important today is that we need to be people as God with skin on, encouraging one another so that they know that God is with them all the time. Encourage one another. Build each other up. This is what Paul is telling the church at Thessalonica. 
This is a little church that Paul had started, but they're really struggling. They're really feeling separated from the society around them, waiting for Jesus to come again. They're persecuted. They're feeling all alone. And so Paul has sent Timothy to be to the church in Thessalonica to support them, to give them strength and courage, to encourage them. And then Timothy comes back and Paul sends this letter to them as a means of encouragement. This letter is one of the oldest letters, the oldest letter we have of the apostle, dating all the way back to the early 50 AD, not long after Jesus' resurrection. And in that letter, he encourages this little church, encourage each other, build each other up. You know, I think of it this way, my friends, we're all on a team. We may not know it, we may not always feel it. The team is our church, the team is our family, the team is our friends, the team is our work environment, wherever it is, we are on a team together. We don't even know who the other players are. But we're playing the long game. And every team needs a coach. Where would the Jayhawks have been yesterday without Bill Self? We all need a coach. Peter needs a coach. When he's in the boat and the storm comes up, he needs a coach. And Jesus is the one that calls out to Peter and says, Peter, take a step, take a leap, be brave, step out of the boat and step on the water. And Peter steps out of the boat. Of course, he begins to sink. Jesus saves him. But it's Jesus who teaches Peter how to be not a boat hugger, but a wave walker. We all need a coach. Encouraging each other is an essential ingredient if we want to thrive in our lives. So instead of this idea that we're all these rugged individualists trying to make it on our own, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and yes, we can all be self-sufficient, there is another concept that is much closer to the gospel, and this concept is the Zulu idea of Ubuntu. And what Ubuntu means is that we're all in it together. We're all part of a community. It literally means, translated, I am because we are. I am because we are. We cannot become who we are without a community around us. When Zulu people see each other, they offer a greeting. And it means, I see you and the response is, I exist. I love this slide, by the way. You see these girls, are, this girl is running this race, and what do you see in this slide? But the girls, her teammates, are cheering her on, saying, you've got this, go, go, go. I am because we are. We all need each other to make the finish line. You've got this. The truth is, is that we don't always know how to be a good encouragers of each other. And I think especially today of parents that have teenagers, how often have parents struggled and wondered, I can never say the right thing. I always say the wrong thing. It's hard. 
It's not easy to know how, what to say. What's the right thing to encourage somebody that we love that's in a dark place? But I want to suggest this morning, there's one thing that never fails, and that is that we show up, that we're present, that we care that we let that person know that we see them and we see in them all the possibilities. We see them as beautiful and wonderful and amazing, the people that we are. We see that. You're not alone. You're not invisible. And it doesn't matter if you're nine years old or you're 90, wherever you are on life's journey, we all need a coach, an encourager, that sees us and lets us know that we are seen. What a wonderful story from my ministry is two men of my church were in a hospital at the same time and they're dear friends of each other but each of them didn't know the other was in the hospital. They're both in the hospital the same time, one on the fourth floor, one on the second floor. But I knew they were both there and I told each one that the other was there. I told Mr. Patterson that your friend Bob is downstairs on the second floor and Mr. Patterson was on the fourth floor and they were both very, very sick and Mr. Patterson was close to dying. So I went downstairs and I saw Bob first and then I went up to the fourth floor and saw Mr. Patterson and I said, Mr. Patterson, your dear friend Bob is down on the second floor. And Mr. Patterson instead of being worried about himself, instead of talking about his fear, he said, Pastor, here's something I want you to do. Would you do a favor for me? I said, what would you want me to do for you? And he said, Pastor, I want you to go back down to the second floor and you tell my dear friend Bob that I am up here lying in the bed and I am calling out his name. And I went down to the second floor and I said, Bob, your dear friend Mr. Patterson is upstairs and he's calling out your name. Sometimes it's just the simplest thing that can give us all the encouragement we need. You got this. A simple letter or card to a friend just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. Friends, never underestimate the empower of what it means to be supporters and encouragers of each other. Number two, the individualism and self-reliance is a lie. The truth is that it's Ubuntu. We are, I am because we are. We need each other. And finally, when the question is, how do we encourage? The most important thing we can do is show up and be present. And know and trust as we encourage one another that at the very same time, God is in you and with you, encouraging you all the way. Amen.